Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you. Today, you're going to hear from Daniel Thomas, born and raised in Montgomery, Alabama, played college football at Auburn University, and now a rookie member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But more than that, just an incredible young man that loves Jesus and passionate about sharing Jesus with others. So I can't wait for you to hear from him. So let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Daniel. Yeah, no problem. You bet. So I like to start this out just with some background information. So if you don't mind, just tell the listeners a little bit about about yourself and where you grew up, your family growing up. Um, I'm Daniel Thomas. Uh, I'm from Montgomery, Alabama, born and raised. You know, uh, got five siblings, you know, mom and dad. You know, there's like seven, seven, seven of us. But uh, my sister, she passed when I was uh, younger in a car accident. So, like, right now it's just us four boys and my mom and dad. Um, you know, all three are married, <laughs> except for me. So, I mean, of course, I just got out of college. So, they pretty much, they all older with kids. So, you know, it's been a blessing being able to, um, you know, grow up. And have uh you know older people in front of me being a baby of the family you get a lot of perks <laughs> you know get a chance you know uh see your brothers you know go and do stuff and you be able to learn from them you know you have a lot of examples in front of you so that's a blessing and uh learn from their mistakes hopefully right yeah <laughs> so you mentioned uh you know a family of of seven mom and dad at home and and, and five siblings so did you grow up I know your faith is important to you now, but did you grow up in a family of faith? And at what point did you realize that you needed a personal relationship with Jesus? Yeah, my mom and dad definitely instilled that in us when we were younger. Uh, you know, we basically lived in the church. You know, my mom, she, it was no question. You know, like, you know how some people, like, they forced to go to church and they grow up and they go astray because they felt like they didn't have a choice. You know, so like, me on the other hand, you know, I didn't have a choice to choose to go to church or not. I was forced. But then, like, you know, fortunately for me, I actually found, got closer, you know, once I got to college. You know, you know, you grow up and you like, you know, I'm going to church. Like, in uh, middle school, I started, like, really understanding the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Started, like, getting closer and closer. Then once I moved out of my own, that's my relationship with God kind of, like, got very close. But uh, mom and dad always instilled in us uh, from a child up. So um, you, I know you played a lot of sports growing up. At what point did you decide to focus on football? Uh, my 10th grade year. Um, uh, I understand that, like, you know, I probably got a chance at this, you know. Um, came in my ninth, my ninth grade year. I was still playing basketball and football, running a little track. And uh, going into my 10th grade year, uh, you know, my 10th grade, I was starting. And, like, I was, and my, my body needed a chance to recover. You know, like, I can't just go straight into football, basketball season. I ain't even recover from football. Uh, you know, maybe I'll just stick with this. You know, and, you know, everything worked out. What high school did you go to in Montgomery? Lee High School. Lee, Lee high okay. School. Yeah. So, I mean – so obviously playing high school in the state of Alabama is a big deal. And then, you know, talk about the recruiting process because you end up at Auburn, but it was, it that wasn't the plan until really close to signing day. So, so walk us through that recruiting journey and, and how you ultimately ended up there at Auburn. Okay. Like I'll just give you my testimony basically on how everything happened. Uh, 
going into the summer of my my, my senior year, it, yeah, going into my senior year that summer, I went to, uh, you know, we had a Saturday service. And um, I remember my pastor had called me out to pray for me. And, you know, he was, you know, prophesizing over my life. And he asked me what school I wanted to go to. Mind you, I was an Alabama fan, a big-time Alabama fan. And, you know, like, I just wanted, you know, try something different, you know, and just step out on faith. And I told him I want to go play at Auburn because I know where I go and play there. You know, where God can be the desires of your heart. You know, not knowing that, you know, how it was going to happen, but I just believed him and took him at his word. And, um, you know, going into my senior season, had a great season. You know, led the state in interceptions, pump return yardage, yardages. Um, had a, had a, um, a, a heck of a senior year. We went to the second round of the playoffs. Um, we lost, but, you know, first time we went to the playoffs for Lee High School, like, you know, besides the forfeit. They went, like, in 2011, 2009 because of a forfeit, but that was their first time going since, like, 2002. And, uh, you know, we, we changed that around, and my recruiting process p- picked up. Uh, the, Ar- the people at Auburn, they started recruiting me, but we must jump in uh, – T-Rob, T-Rob, they had with South Carolina. They told me um, when they get there, I was going to be the first person they offered. So they get there, they offered me a scholarship. And they picked up South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Maryland, who else? Louisville, Clemson, you know, just schools like that. You know, I had produced like 18, 19. I offered just producing my senior year like that. I had a total of like 21 my senior year. But Auburn wasn't in the picture. They were looking for a new defensive staff. So I did not have no word from Auburn. And they finally got a defensive coordinator, which was Coach Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele came in, and he was just looking at all the recruits. And uh, he sent a couple of coaches down at me, Coach T-Will, to come look at me and, and, you know, just put in word, honestly. So I really forgot about Auburn. Because like, I got all these big opportunities. You know, Clemson was going to play for the national championship. So I'm going to go to Clemson. Set up my official visits. I was going to North Carolina, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Maryland, and Clemson, I think. But on the way to South Carolina, I went to North Carolina, South Carolina. I enjoyed it. On the way to North Carolina, Clemson called me and said they were full. And I was like, dang, Clemson's not the way. Guess it's not Clemson. So I went to North Carolina. My mom enjoyed it. End up coming to North Carolina for like a couple minutes. <laughs> you know, um, Larry Fedoya and uh, Gene Chizik came to my house. You know, like, you commit to us, you can't take no more official visits. So I didn't know what to do. You know, I was just talking to God, just crying out to him, just like, no, I don't know what to do, you know. And uh, I took a leap of faith. Minnesota called me. It's like, if you take a visit up here, we'll offer you a scholarship. Went up there, they offered me a scholarship. I committed to Minnesota. Came back, took a visit to Auburn with no, no no scholarship offer. So I went there and you know, you know, like you know, this Lord, this is where I want to be. And after I thought left there the day before I left. They said you gonna have the time for where to go. We're full. The kid said he's coming. So got to uh, a day before signing day, two days before signing day. I asked my best friend for his Auburn hat. I didn't have no Auburn gear. Like for real, I didn't I didn't go for Harvest. <laughs> a lot of Alabama gear. So came to that time, I was like, bro, 
I just started speaking things into existence. I said, Arm is going to offer me a scholarship and I'm going to sign in your hat. Like, I believe you. So next day I go to Bible study and, my, you know, they're, they're teaching and stuff like that. We have Bible study on Tuesday. So go in and I'm talking to my pastor. He's like, what's going on? I was like, hey, pastor, like, I don't want to go to Minnesota. It's too far away from home. You know, it's too far. And he's like, what you want to do? I said, I want to go to Harvard. He was like, they stopped the service and everybody just started praying. And he was like, at 7 o'clock in the morning, you're going to receive an offer from Harvard. And I took him at his word and, you know, just had faith. And I really believe. And the next morning, Coach Miles and Uncle Steele called me, asked me if I want to be Harvard Tiger. And pretty much the rest is history. So, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, that's what really, like, increased my faith and my trust in God because, you know, when, when even when it didn't look like it was going to work out, you know, it worked out. And it worked out for my good at the end of the day. And I can never be thankful. And, like, that day four, like, that's when, like, God really started, like, moving my life, kind of moved mountains. You know, I defeated the odds in a lot of ways, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's a blessing. I had people turn against me, you know, and uh, didn't think I was going to be able to do it. Once I did it, you know, it, it, it helped increase their faith. Wow, that's crazy to go from yeah. Minnesota the night before signing day to getting a call from Auburn on signing day? On signing day. Wow. So, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about your faith. I want to go back to sports. We'll come back come back to faith. So, um, so you play at Auburn. So talk about, you know, is there somebody, what's the greatest athlete you think you played, just pure athletic ability that you played with or played against? First of all, Henry Ruggs is the best athlete I ever played with. He is definitely, that's my best, one of my best friends. He's one of the greatest athletes ever, you know, I've played against, uh, played with, but played against uh, Jalen Waddle from uh, Alabama. I'm sorry, he's hurt right now, but. He's definitely a guy that, uh, you know, you got to have your eyes on him at all times. He can hurt you in every area <laughs> of the game. Kickoff return, punt return, offense, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, he's hitting those two guys right there. Yeah, two phenomenal athletes for sure. Yeah. So, we can't you can't talk about going to Auburn – without talking about the Iron Bowl. And now I guess it takes on a different meaning. I didn't realize that you grew up an Alabama fan. I actually complicates it even more, right? So so talk about, you know, growing up in the state of Alabama and then taking the field for the Iron Bowl. And then especially your senior year, it's senior day, your last home game, and, you know, you go out beating Alabama. So talk about what the Iron Bowl means and then, you know, just the memory of the last one. Uh, Iron Bowl, you know, Iron Bowl is really a holiday in Alabama. That's what people <laughs> who don't stand in Alabama don't know. The Iron Bowl is a holiday. People just in two colors. <laughs> I mean, two different colors, shades of color, either crimson and white, orange and blue. And it really meant so much to me, like, being able to just play in this game. Like, wow, like, my freshman year, being able to play against Alabama, I was like, Wow, and in my freshman year, I got thrown in the fire. I got a chance to play a lot. And literally, if you know it or not, like, 
I caught two interceptions in my first Iron Bowl. I played, I picked Jalen Hurts off twice. And, uh, you know, when I would talk to Jalen Hurts, I would always mess, mess with him about it, you know. And being able to play in that game, you know, we beat him both times at home. And then finishing my senior year off, winning at home, man, that was the best moment of my life. Had to be one of the top ten moments of my life. Had to be, like, just to see the fans throwing the field. Like, there would never be a – a better feeling. And I couldn't even go to the locker room and celebrate my teammates because I was just out there enjoying the moment. You know, I was taking picture with every fan out there. It's my last Tiger <laughs> walk. Like every, I couldn't even get to the locker room because I'm taking pictures. Took a picture with every fan that came up to me. Um, got a chance to, you know, finish it off against my best friends. And, you know, it was a blessing, man. If I could do it over again, I'd definitely go play that game. <laughs> I, if I could yeah, I play the game every Saturday, I definitely would. I was going to say, I can't imagine, you know, going out senior day, you know, just the emotions of it's your last your last home game at Auburn. And, that, you know, for people that aren't from that area, the Tiger Walk's a big deal. Yes. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing, the Tiger Walk's a big deal. I've been to it when they've been playing Sanford. No disrespect to Sanford, but yeah. the Tiger Walk's still a big deal. So it's Alabama, senior day, and to go out on a win. And we were home here in Texas watching on TV, and it was crazy, you know. So I can't imagine the feeling. So you go out like that, and then, you know, you go to the, you go to the NFL Combine, everything's on track, and then this pandemic hit. So talk about – you know, preparing for the NFL draft, you know, something you've worked toward and then a pandemic comes and then all this uncertainty comes So talk about how, how you went through the draft preparation through COVID, but also the role your faith played in that. Um, you know, like, you know, after my season, like me being honest, like, you know, I, I really didn't know, you know, like, I feel like, my senior season didn't go as planned. You know, I wanted to win that championship. I wanted to be an All-American, you know, had these big expectations. You know, I came in preseason, ACC, you know, just, you know, I, I had the same amount of tackles, didn't have a lot of turnovers, you know, just didn't have the big-time plays that I did my junior year. And, like, you know, it's, it's kind of felt like every everything was, like, Hey man, like I don't know. Like I know they know I can play, but I know I can do way much more. I know what I'm capable of. It just it didn't it didn't work out. But like it was kind of like God was just teaching me that you know I'm doing is not you. Mm. And like so when you get your name called, it's gonna be because of me, not you. And you know sometimes you you gonna be all American, get these words. You feel like you know you did it. It's kind of like, you know, I'm an All-American, you know? Like, I know I'm getting drafted, but I got to the point, like, you know, like, I didn't get invited to no no senior bowl, no bowl games. And I was kind of like, like, hey, like, I don't know how to draft one shit. I don't know. Like, I know, I know, like, what I can do. Saw draft grades, and I'm like, I know I can do better than that, you know? So, like, after I played my last game, Minnesota, the next day I get, a, get an invitation from the NFL Combine. And it's like everything here up here. I said, yeah, they finna see what I can do. I'm. They don't know I'm a great athlete, you know. Like they just think I'm just a big safety and and really can't move, you know. But I but I really can, and I worked my butt off, you know. I I was finishing school, so I was I had an internship. I was in school 
training for the combine, you know, you know, so I was working. So the internship was basically me working, you know, trying to get my degree. So I, I was doing the everything, you know. So like my combine training was really hectic. I had to really like, you know, I was training at Arbor, so I was trying to like it taught me a lot, even the more to have time management and just, you know, be more focused and be more organized. And but you know, I put the time in. You know, I knew I was fast. Every scout would ask me, what you going to run? I'm like, I'm running 4-4. I know what I'm going to run, like, you know, stuff like that, 215 and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to run 4-4. So the combine comes. You know, I get there, and it's kind of like set up how, you know, they have – team have formal interviews and informals. Everybody gets informal interviews, basically. I didn't have not one – formal interview I'm like ain't like no team's interested in me I felt some type of way I don't know you know what I'm just gonna keep my eyes on God because I know he's in control you know and a lot of it got to do with politics so you know I went with all my Harvard teammates and the majority of some majority of them got formal interviews my rugs had like 26 you know every team wanted to interview him I'm like well no teams want to talk to me so I'm like next thing you know it, it, I had a lot of inf- informals and you know, just doing, I was killing all the interviews, you know. Teams fell in love with my character, you know, how I cared myself, how confident I was. You know, I didn't show no type of doubt. And I uh, got to, you know, the big the show, lights was on. You know, I caught the fast 40, jumped high, moving really well. And, like, and I know my, my, my coach called me, like, you just made yourself money. I was like, yeah. You know, it's best to finish top five saviors. And, uh, you know, in the combine of athleticism, I had elite athleticism. They had pulled that out and um, came back, like, had a pro day. Every scout, we had the biggest pro day in Harvard history. We had, like, 94 scouts, all 32 teams there, GMs, you know, obviously, you know, Derek Brown, Marlin. But, you know, a lot of them was there for me, too, me and Noah, you know. So, like, in every DB we had, and it's kind of like, I remember uh, one of the GMs came to me and was like, you come start for us right now. And, like, I'm like, wow. Like, I was receiving so many higher draft grades from that. You know, I was getting a lot of, like, boosts. And uh, I think Matt Milner, who does, like, different uh, draft status and stuff like that, he he called me the sleeper of the draft, biggest sleeper of the draft. So, fast forward, you know, I killed Pro Day. And uh, I ran a faster time at Pro Day. I ran a 4-4-0 on hand time. And it came down to it. Um, COVID happened. Once COVID happened, I was like, a lot of dudes didn't get Pro Days. So they relied straight off film. And I was like, well, I know I, I played good, but I didn't play elite. You know, but my my combine was so good, you know, like I know that, that it balanced it out, you know. So kind of like mm-hmm. I was just letting God know, like, you know, I'm putting my trust in you because I know they went all straight fam because a lot of dudes can get to do pro day. And, like, after the combine, like, I had so many teams trying to set up business with me, come work me out. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna go hire to be respected. Like, second, third round, you know, I knew I knew I could do it. But, like, COVID happened, it's kind of like, it was like, dang. And I was just really just put my trust in God and, you know, the first round went by. Teams hit me up on the second day. Okay, like, I'm thinking I'm going to go second, third round. It happened. Then third day, I was like, you know what? 
that whatever happens, you know, you in control. And uh, hearing my name called on draft day, you know, it was just like, you know, all the praise go to God because I barely talked to Jacksonville. Barely. So I was like, you know, this is where you want me to be. So you had your plan all alone. Hmm. And closer to home, right? Yeah, it's a blessing. That's huge. So talk about, you know, you get your name called, but then, like you said, there's COVID. And and at that point, you know, the draft is, you know, what may, you know, and everybody keeps saying, okay, things going to open up in June and then July. And, they, you know, things still aren't fully open. And this is, you know, end of October. So talk about transitioning to the NFL where there's less um, off-season workouts, the training camp's different, there's no preseason games, you're coming in, you're not the top pick, you know, so talk about the transition to the NFL through that, you know, through the difficult period. Um, you know, like, we, we, my coach would always tell me, we got to speed up the process. He was like, you guys don't even know how much you guys missed out on rookie minicamp, camp, OTAs, preseason, you know, like, all these different type of things, like, to get a chance to learn the playbook, like most rookies that come in, they got May, uh, June, July, and August. They have four months to learn the playbook. Like, I can learn the playbook that fast and walking through it. Like, but like, I had to learn the playbook as I went by, as I was getting evaluated. So it was so much harder. And it's kind of like, you just had to really like, just go give a lot of effort at practice, put a lot of extra studying in on your own. So, I mean, it was tough, hard transition. I'm still transitioning right now, moving out on my own for the first time. You know, it was it was tough. And, and that's when I really had to let God know, like, we felt alone down here, you know, but that's when you got to lean on your faith even more. So, like, my faith really has, you know, definitely increased since I've been out on my own, you know, because I know at the end of the day he, he's in control. But the process has definitely been difficult, you know, we got the youngest team in the NFL. Basically, no preseason games. Our first four games were preseason games for us. And we had to really, like, learn. We're experiencing as we go right now. So, you know, like, it's just been tough. But, you know, I've been getting through it, though. Yeah, hey, just I know. We talked about this before I hit record. I yeah. mean, you uh, not starting but getting some playing time and you got a touchdown. Yeah. You know? right. There you go. Just working, that, that just comes from just hard working and me just understanding, you know, different situations now and just like, you know, my IQ has really shot up since I got to the NFL and learning different, you know, route concepts, um, you know, different uh, tendencies that teams do plays a big part in game day. And, you know, different from college and football, like you really got to know your opponent. You know, you that's that's very big. Yeah. I want to ask you a little, one more question about Auburn, just from the spiritual yeah. side. You know, a lot's been written over the last eight, nine years, I guess. Um, just the spiritual climate of the Auburn team related to the chaplain. I mean, Chaplain Chet, you know, it's had a huge impact on the football program there. So, you know, talk about how, you know, his role with the team and how that helped um, helped you spiritually. Um, brother Chet, man, one, 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 I don't know how to explain it. Like, he's like a dude, like, he's a brother for life. 
you know, he's a father figure. He's a guy, man, that's very consistent. Same guy every day. And for me to see how he, you know, like, you, you people can say all they, all they want, you know, because, I don't know, you don't have too many people that won't change on you. You know, coaches can say all they want, but if you're not performing on that field, <laughs> they're going to change on you. You know, like, they're going to be like, oh, you know, you're not, it's, it's about what you can do for me lately. And if you're not playing good, they can say their relationship not going to change, but it's easier to do for to do more for a player that, you know, is playing well than someone that's playing good. That's just how the business works. You know, not saying I'm that type of person, but that's that's how they are. Mm-hmm. But the chat is that guy, like, he never changed, you know. And he stayed very consistent in his faith. And, you know, I would just stop by his office just to, you know, pray with him sometimes and just talk about life. And he definitely, like, one of the reasons why Auburn's real, the, the faith is really standing, you know. Like, Brother Chet's pretty solid. And, like, if a team can have a chaplain like him, man, they're very blessed. Because mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that's very grounded, you know, very consistent. And, you know, um, he's very open-minded, man. Like, he he hears you. He listens. They, he cares. And people can say they care, but actions speak louder. And, when you see somebody like that care they stuff like that, you don't you don't have a choice but like want what they got, you know. Not saying physically like want what they have, but like you want to know what's making mm-hmm. him act like that. You want to know the spirit that's in him, and you know going to Bible study and seeing like you know like hey like that's what he got. He has the Holy Spirit down in him. He has that 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 relationship with God that's keeping him where he is, even when losing his son. You know, his son got killed, man. This man came back stronger than ever. I was like, man, like, I don't know how I feel. I lost a sister, but losing a child, man, and you coming in like, oh, like, bro, like, you lost your only son, man, and, and you just, and you still there for us, you know? That that shows a lot, and I really appreciate Brother Chad a lot. And like, real. That's a powerful testimony um, because I remember – you know, reading a lot about and watching from afar when he lost his son. And yeah, I can't imagine as a parent, I cannot imagine going through that. Yeah. Um, I, I know God sustains you through storms of life, but I can't losing a child. I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so, um, you know, talk about the spiritual transition from the spiritual aspect to the NFL. I mean, I know most NFL teams have chaplains. So what is it like, you know, what's the spiritual life like? How do you, because, you know, I mean, you're a practice, you're at the facility all the time. So how do you stay connected spiritually when you're, you know, transitioning to the NFL, a new city, a new organization, on your own, away from home? Uh, you know, I always talk about more now with devotion and uh, worship. And, uh, you know, I pray every morning, you know, as God just to order my steps and guide me in the right way. Because, you know, you got to put on the form of God because, you don't know what's out there. You know, the enemy's just waiting to attack you with, you know, with your family, siblings, uh, your coaches. You know, he'll use anybody that's, that's not prayed up. So you just got to – I always start my day off with, with that. And, um, you know, I, didn't, I go to Bible study here on Saturdays. Uh, sometimes I have it virtually, sometimes we have it here. And I go to Bible study at this church called Kingdom City uh, – Kingdom City Church down here, Pastor Brian Carr. I go to that church on Thursdays. So 
you know, that's how that's, I kind of stay grounded. That's awesome that you're able to, you know, get into a local church in a new city because that's that's hard. Yeah, it's a that's great good. church though. But I know you start your day off that off like that because I'll tell you, um, I'm up early. Um, I start my day early. I like to get up before everybody else in the family, and I, you know, I'm in a group of uh, mostly guys, and we we're going through the Book of Proverbs this month. But as soon as I look up social media, if I turn on Twitter, you're going to be one of the first ones I see that's throwing out Bible verses every morning. Yeah. So I know it's an encouragement. It encourages me because, I mean, the first thing you do when you look at social media, it's usually not always good things. You know, you can find all this negativity. So every morning I know I can count on you as one that I'm going to see early that's going to be, you know, putting out some Bible verses. And it's, and it's, it's kind of fun, too, because I can kind of see – see where you are in the word and that encourages me there's there's some i look up and go, man i didn't i hadn't you know looked at that verse in a while and i'll go and i'll go back to my bible and and uh and hit that one too so i, I appreciate that yeah it's blessing. yeah so growing up in alabama i mean obviously i mean it's not not just in alabama but it's it, it seems like it's magnified there you know culture is still very divided um, and this is not a political question. It's divided all politics, religion, race, socioeconomics. I mean, it, you don't have to go outside your house to see that, you know, culture is divided. But one of the things that pulls people together is sports. So in your experience, whether high school, college, or now in the NFL, how have you seen the game of football kind of tear down those walls where, you know, there could be division in a locker room or in the classroom, but you've seen, because of the game of football, you've seen that stuff kind of get get pushed aside. You know, like just growing up in the neighborhood I grew up in, you know, uh, I grew up in a rough area, but like we had like, you know, a mix of, you know, mixed communities, you know, but like we didn't have the greatest surroundings I would say my parents kept me in church and I made a choice you know but like uh I like my football team was like all black you know what I'm saying so it's kind of like you know my neighborhood was all black you know my next door neighbor his name was Daniel but he's white dude named another dude named Daniel we had three Daniels on one street you know two on white one on black which was me one of them was named Daniel Blake Arnold one of them was named Daniel Purdue which is fans still stay next to me. So it's kind of like going to school in high school, like we didn't like have a lot of, you know, white people not saying like, you know, I wasn't used to them, but like we didn't have a lot, like not a mixed cultures right. inside the locker room. So it's kind of like getting to college and going to a PWI, it was kind of like I would be in the classroom instead of being around like a bunch of like, you know, African-Americans, it was, like, all, like, white people around me, and I kind of had to get used to that, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, like, do I belong here, you know? And a lot of people looked at me, like, honestly, like, I was like, hey, why are people staring at me, you know what I'm saying? Like, and not knowing, they probably were staring at me because they thought I was an athlete. You know, I thought I did something wrong. But, like, when I got in the locker room, it was nothing like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got so many brothers, you know what I'm saying, I can hit up. You know, I've been truly, like, for a lifetime, you know. And it's kind of, like, it's crazy because, like, outside the locker room, people wonder, like, why are we so close together? Because of what we have to go through. We 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 slave on the crafts. We slave in the weight room. We slave in the playbook together. You know what I'm saying? We we bond. So we, we 
do everything to, so close together that when people on the outside looking in, it's like, what well, you don't know what we go through. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what created that bond. It's kind of like, you know, like that stuff, that type of stuff. If the world was like a football team and like, a, you know, like sports period, I don't think there would be no type of racism or, you know, miscommunications or stuff like that. Because like, like, man, I'm like, man, we look at stuff we like, like is this stuff really going on. And like if people actually go see the movie, remember the Titans and, how that worked out, and you look at our team like, bro, like, look how far this world came. You know, we came too far to go back to, you know, what our all both our all our ancestors had to go through. You know, and it's kind of it's a blessing, bro. Like I get a chance to experience that. You know, even in the NFL, just seeing you know even more type of races, you know, all on one team, and everybody just you know don't look at you know what we have on, and we just we just go to work, man. And it's fun. Everybody fun and enjoying what they do. Not worry about nothing else outside the locker room, but, you know, trying to get each other better, man, and competing against each other, man. That's the best thing about it. I tell people all the time, I think that – I know other sports too, but I think football is a, a just a beautiful picture yeah. of the locker room of what – how God designed the church really to operate, right? You have one goal in football is to win, and the church is loving God, loving others, but we get so caught up in all the other stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, we kind of miss it. And so I just think that locker room that you described is is really, like you said, if we if everybody could just go through that, you know, we wouldn't have a fraction of the issues we have today. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like, man, like, it's, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like uh, – you know, you, you when they when they everybody talk about this these movements of you know these controversial topics of, of you know political and Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. But like we in, in our locker room, bro, all, all like I, I never really like I'm the type of person like I try to stay out the way of all that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And when we all got in the locker room, it's kind of like you tell that we unified. You know what I'm saying? And you know people don't like to. I remember you know, one of my I, I I don't know if you mind me talking about this, but one of my quarterbacks got up and he was talking like, you know, I never he was like, I never seen black people until I guess he got to high school or college or something like that. And he was like, I would be afraid of them because not because of what they do, is he was like, because I never seen them before. He was like, but being a part on the football team, you know, I was, you know, you know, um how how I said like you know, you misconceptions, but uh, he was proven wrong about the whole situation and all that type of stuff. And it's kind of like people have, you know, only one perception about a different race until you get a chance to know that person and have uncomfortable conversations and be able to learn from each other. I just feel like if people were more open-minded and willing to learn about somebody else, they wouldn't be able to ju- be so judgmental about why this person feel a type of way about, you know, how this world goes on. So, you know, like, I love my team, man. Like, I really do. That's awesome. I think that's, yeah. you know, it, a lot of it is, I tell my kids this, you know, a lot of times we we listen to respond, not to understand. I think if yeah. we all would just take a step back and just listen to people to try to understand them, you know, we wouldn't, I think we wouldn't have a lot of the issues, but yeah, that's good. And I just think, you know, I just, 
like you said, I think the locker room is a beautiful picture of yeah. what could be, what you, what true unity is. Yeah, true unity, man. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. So let me ask you, um, I mean, you, you spend a lot of time in the Word, so do you have a favorite verse or maybe one that God has shown you recently that you would share? My favorite verse is Matthews. 2016, it said the first shall be last and last shall be first. Many are called on if you are chosen. It's one of my favorite scriptures. You know, it's another way of like, may your beginning be small, but the end it shall be greater. Mm. I can't quote, I can't name the scripture, but those kind of tie in together because, you know, it's not how you start, man. You know, I even look at us right now, you know, like very young, talented team, but, you know, it's not how you start. It's, you know, you just got to look at it. Thing like everything is happening for a reason, you know, but the first should be last and last should be first. And you got to hang your hat that in the end, God always wins. You know, you can't, you can't name a, you can't go no book in the Bible and find that God lost. You know, he never lost. He wins every game, you know, you know, we're not winning. I would and then just look like as we going through my team going through right now, no, we're not winning the games, but you know, God, he's he's still winning, you know. And you That's just right. gotta find the, the the good behind all that and just, you know, just build off of it. And, you know, I feel like we we going through this for a reason. And that when everything is turned around, we'll look back on things, you know, like made made me a better person. Cause, you know, the outcome is is, you know. We can't control. You control what you control, you know, but as long as you let God know that, you know, if we win, I trust you. If I lose, I trust you, you know. It's your plan anyway, so I can't control that. So even with life, you know, stuff ain't going to work out all the time. You know, things happen, but, you know, I look at it like, like Jeremiah 29, 11 saying, you know, you know, the plans he has for us and, you know, to give us an expected end and, uh, I try to like speak the word over, over my life. A lot of times he will not pray, you know, because, you know, his word comes to life, you know, it's, it's every, it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday walk. You know, that's why I try to, you know, the first thing I try to do is get in my word, you know, before I do anything else, because, you know, our mind can easily wander off and get distracted from, you know, social media and, you know, phone calls and text messages you know, I try to wait to reply to anybody because I, I know, you know, how the enemy can get busy. But speaking the word every day and just believing it, like, and watch it come to pass, like, that's kind of be big in my life. And just believing the prophetic, you know, you, know, you we can actually speak things in the distance, you know, and the, the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I feel like we actually got that, that power and authority to, to command our day and speak like, Lord, I'm going to have a good day today. You know, Lord, we're going to have some good things happen today, you know. No, I think that's good. I think what you described, too, you talked about, you know, what your team's going through and, um, you know, you're still winning even though on the scoreboard you might not. And I think that's yeah. that's huge because a lot of people, you know, judge it just off of the scoreboard. But I'm sure if you talk to the guys in the locker room, yes, y'all want to win on the scoreboard. But to your point, you know, you there are some – some victories in life, if you will, even if 
you know, the scoreboard that, that doesn't show that. I yeah. think that's a great, great perspective, whether you're in sports or not. I mean, we're all going to yeah. have things that don't go our way, you know, but it's how we choose to respond is, is key. I think that's good. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like, you know, you lose, give God the glory, you know, that's a win. You know, you win, you give God the glory. That's a win. You know, at the end of the day, he still gets the praise because he allowed me to do what I wanted to do all my life. That's right. That's a huge perspective because, you know, it's quick. You know, I think that's why a lot of people kind of look down on some athletes who claim to be Christian because they see, you know, after a big Super Bowl win or whatever, it's, you know, praising God. But you put a microphone in their face when they're losing and they don't really yeah. say that. And I just kind of, I think that does rub the wrong people, rub people the wrong way. But I think you're right. If you live every day with, you know, no matter what happens, good or bad, I'm going to give God the glory. That's, that, yeah. that's a win. Because you know, people paint this whole perfect picture where because they're being blessed, God is good. God is good all the time. That's right. And Amen. Being with you, you know, God, he's not even in, in the football, you know, especially when you're not giving the only reason, he is in football is because it's if you use it, it to glorify him. That's right. You know, he, he give us a gift to, to, to he give us gifts so that we may use it to glorify him. If we're not doing that, then we we missed out on our purpose. You like, I know my example for me, I know my gift is to use my platform to help win souls over for Christ. That's, that's what we all here on this, this, this earth for is to help be fruitful and, you know, help people that's been lost and, and misled, you know, help them try to get on the right path. Because so many people are blinded by the, by the, by the uh, you know, the God of this world, which is the enemy, you know, because they don't understand what, you know, how, how good Christ is. You know, they don't understand the relationship and the importance of the relationship. They feel like, you know, um, it's all about the next thing. I'm trying to be successful. But if you have God, you are successful, you know, and I truly believe that. But I just, my, me, speaking for myself, I just try to use my platform to try to glorify God. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm, I'm missing out on my purpose. Hey, that's an encouragement to everybody. We all have yeah. a purpose. Yours right now, yeah. your platform's football. Mine is not, you know, but everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a platform, some big, some small, but it's how we use it. And that's yeah. a that's a super encouragement and just a great example um, of, you know, you kind of took kind of the, the last question I always ask about what it means to be all in for Christ. You just answered that, you know, yeah. it's understanding your platform and you talked about your personal disciplines of starting your day in the in the word and in prayer, but also just understanding your purpose. Um, and that's to give God yeah. and that God is good all the time. I'm glad you said that because you're right. It's easy to say God is good. And we do, we say it, I do it all the time. You know, things are going real good. God, God's good. Oh yeah. yeah God, God is good. But when I look back and go, when things are bad, do I, am I quick to say God is good? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and, and like people, so many people, uh, they ask me like, I, just me being completely honest, bro. Like, you know, my, my social media kind of blew up after me blocking a punt. My my response to everybody that texts my phone was, God is good, you know. But like, I was like, God is good, you know. Like, I pretty really, you know, I was excited about it, but I was mad when I got on a plane because I, I don't like to lose, man. Like, you know, like, 
but at the end of the day, I got to control what I control. You know, you got to praise God through the good and the bad because, you know, like he sees what you go through. Mm-hmm. He, it's a test. It's always a test, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, everybody don't understand. It's so easy to praise him when he's down. But, like, when you're going through a season where, like, man, like, I'm taking L after L. I done lost six straight games, man. And I'm like, six straight games, man. I ain't never lost, not even literally. I never was a loser, you know. I ain't never lost this much. But then God turned everything around and made it for my good, you know, because he saw my faithfulness. He saw I was still consistent in my prayer life. Even when it, when I was losing, I was still, you know, praising God. You know, I was still listening to my worship music. I was still posting scriptures, you know, reading and diving into the word because it's a bigger picture. It's a bigger picture. And that's eternal life. That's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest picture in our life. And once we see that, you know, that one goal is to get in heaven. People understand like, Hey, like we've been made doing for a moment, but joy going to come in the morning. You know, um, another scripture, you know, he says, um, somebody, uh, join your temptations because, you know, trying to your faith, you know, it working for work, work is faith and patience, you know, uh, just, he got a, a far more eternal way to glory, you know, everything you're going through now, you know, uh, Paul told us, you know, uh, join our uh, infirmities because God said, when I'm weak, I'm strong, you know, and we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's not fun losing. I'm a sore loser and I tell anybody that, but I learned, I know how to handle things better now because I know in the end, God's going to win, bro. And, you know, I, I, I'm glad I got a chance to get on here with you. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll say this. Um, you know, what, what stands out from this whole conversation to me, and we'll, we'll end it here. Um, but, you know, you obviously are very bold in your faith. You live it out. You know, yeah. so, you know, you talk about your platform. You know, so people, your teammates, family, People on social media, you probably don't even know, they're watching how you handle losing six games, right? Yeah. And you're praising God. You're giving God the glory. You're saying God's good. You know, you're still you're, – you're the same Daniel when you beat Alabama and and the same Daniel when you're 0-6, you know. Yeah. So I think that's that's the platform God's given you, and that's that's what we appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate it, bro. Is, is is living that out, not just when you beat Alabama. Because yeah. I'm an Auburn fan. I was thankful y'all beat Alabama. Don't get me wrong. But you know, but yeah. <laughs> but on the spirit, yeah. but on the serious side, I mean I think I think you, you talked about the platform that God has given you. And I think I think he's um he's got you right where he wants you and, and you know, just just keep using it. Yeah, bro. I am and I'm we will prove a lot of people wrong. Thank you again to Daniel Thomas for taking time of his busy schedule to share his story, to encourage us, to share some scripture and the importance of speaking God's Word every day, reading God's Word every day, and no matter what we're going through in life, whether the highs or the lows, we give God the glory. Whether we're winning or losing, God gets the glory because God is good all the time. That's the takeaway. No matter what you're going through, whether you're experiencing some high levels of success or you're experiencing some heartache, some pain, some very difficult times, just rest in the fact that God is good. 
And He is a good, good God that loves you and loves me. So thank you again, Daniel. And thank you to all the listeners. And I I would ask you to share this episode with somebody. I know there's somebody in your life that could use some encouragement. So whatever podcast platform you're using to to listen to this, just click the share button and, and send it to a family member or a friend. Also, we love to hear from you. You can go to our website at www.allinsportsoutreach.org or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the search bar. Just type in All In Sports Outreach. You can find out more about who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to, to pray for us, to serve with us, and to give. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for your support, your encouragement, and most of all, your prayers.